Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Wendy, it's springtime here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it is absolutely gorgeous. The spring, things are coming back to life. It's beautiful here in Madison, Wisconsin as well. I mean, I wish I could open a window, but then the chirping birds will be right. heard on the podcast and we don't want to do that. So. No, I would. I wanted to open the window, but every time I do, it's sirens. Oh gosh. So that's yeah, the that one, one works that, so well. That's the one nice thing about living downtown is you get to enjoy sirens. Um, and oh, and a thunderstorm last night. Um, I got so shaken by one of the lightning blasts, I fell off the couch. <laughs> Wait, like, like it, it actually, sh- like, literally shaken or well, just startled yeah. you? Well, the spring rains have come. And so last night I'm doing some writing, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm, almost laying. I'm doing the thing we get the computer on your lap and you're kind of laying down with my my head against the window. And it starts raining and it's nice and I leave the window open. You hear the soft patter of the rain and you hear the thunderclaps in the distance. And then there's a lightning strike that looks like it's coming straight at me <laughs> and it's so loud that I'm just like, ah! And I just... So it startled you. It didn't actually strike so close that it like vibrated the the couch. Well, it it looked like it struck the tallest building in the city. <laughs> oh my gosh! So wow. I mean, that's still. I mean, it's still whatever ten blocks away. But it just you're just like, oh my god! It's it, anyway. I almost flew off the so spring <laughs> rains. Spring. You must have gotten all the lightning there because we didn't get any. Holy here. crap! No, it was a good one. It was a good one, and um, but spring means things are coming back to life. And sure does. we love things that come back to life here on this podcast. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things that was exciting that we heard about when we were on our way back from Texas was that the X-Files are coming back to life. That's right. That was a big, big announcement that kind of got a lot of people excited. Yeah. Well, especially and, for everybody our age. Yes, definitely. And um, X-Files was something that I didn't... I didn't watch it religiously. You know, I'd catch an episode here or there. But you, Mike, I know you had a group of friends that like would gather and, and watch it together in the dorms. and um, Every so, Friday. Yeah. So it was like a, a cult type. Uh, <laughs> a cult activity. Community, community activity. Sorry, we sacrificed the chicken and then we watched the X-Files. But, but it has that cult kind of following the, the people who were religiously watching it and this is before dvrs so you actually if you wanted to see it before the spoilers came out you actually had to watch it at the time it was on television that's right or you, broadcast or you had to tape it and <laughs> that's how i saw that so the first episode came out um september of 1993 and i was just a junior in high school and actually i saw the ads for the x-files and it looked okay but that wasn't the tv show i was excited about oh Be- because premiering before the X-Files was a show called The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. What? Yeah, okay. So you know who Bruce Campbell is, right? Yes. Okay. So Army of Darkness? That's right. That's right. And so the year earlier, I'd seen Army of Darkness. And I'd seen Evil Dead 2 sometime when I was a kid. And anyway, 
loved Bruce Campbell. And all of a sudden, Bruce Campbell's starring in a TV show. And I was like, holy crap, Bruce Campbell's going to be on TV. And I was all excited about it. And in fact, when I was doing research for this episode, when you read about the Fox Network, they were all excited about it. Mm -hmm. They were like, this is going to be the next big show. The president of Fox Entertainment says, if Bruce Campbell is not the next big TV star, I'll eat my desk. (laughs) And he says that and they they go out. It's a full publicity craziness. And I was all excited because Bruce Campbell is going to be on TV. So I taped... uh, Briscoe County Jr. because it was a school dance that night and I didn't want to miss the school dance. And I could drive too, which means I could drive a girl to the Ooh. school dance, which was even better. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, so um, so I taped Briscoe County Jr. and then I taped the show afterwards, which ended up being the X-Files. And Briscoe County Jr. was, it was a cool idea for a show and, and we'll, we'll have to do a, an episode on that sometime because it mixed science fiction with oh, the cool. Old West Okay, so that's was, fun. That was a really cool thing about it, science fiction in the Old West. But the, the, the humor was pretty corny, and it just, it seemed like a show of a different time. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't what we were hoping for. Okay. Um, and so when I came back that night from the dance or whatever, um, I'm going to watch the, the tape, and I taped it, and my dad, who was going to bed at the time after I got home, was like, well, Briscoe County, that was okay, but... This show afterwards, he's like, now that was really good. So your dad liked it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, um, and then I stayed up, you know, till all hours and I would ever watching the the first episode. And that was it for me. Like, I thought it was the coolest. It was the X-Files, man. Yeah, it was really different from anything else that was on at that time. Yeah. And (laughs) it was the whole zeitgeist of like... um, I mean, government conspiracy stuff, too, was huge at the time because we just had these, you know, you had all these revelations of what, you know, some uh, experiments the government had conducted on people in the 1950s and 60s. You know, we talked about the mind control experiments with LSD. We talked about the pollution of, uh, I mean, the plutonium clouds over Seattle, like little things right. like that. And then, all you know, and it... it wrapped into the whole alien abduction thing it just was at the right place at the right time that's correct and it it ties in very nicely to our podcast here because it is a a television show that had you know was very prominent in pop culture and um but the themes for the different episodes relate to actual actual things that have you know either been rumored or reported on or found in our culture so that's right i mean a lot of a lot of what the x-files took from was um you know real life quote unquote real life i mean paranormal stories and things like that so um we thought we'd go over some of the x-files some of our favorite x-files episodes that were inspired by um real life kind of paranormal stories uh or themes that had run through the UFO conspiracy community and stuff like that over the years. And and so I don't know what's going to happen with the X-Files return. Like, you know, That'd is be it going to be any good? See. The first movie was great. The second movie I still liked, but a lot of people didn't. Did you see the second movie, Wendy? Um, I don't believe I did or if I did, I don't remember. Okay. That <laughs> I was think the, about it. Okay, that was the one that had the 
the second teacher, the Scottish guy from head of the class, is like a pedophile priest. Oh, gosh, no, and I don't remember that one. I remember the Bumblebee one. The bum, yeah. Well, that was great. That was the yeah. first movie, Fight the Future, and like we even had a big like, I think a, a big, viewing party. You no, know, a big group came. You know, like went out to go see the movie. That's cool. Uh, when it, you know, when it was happening, and, and that was super fun. And um, I, I had like X Files T shirts and hats. Like I just I lived it because. Yes. I went, was, oh my God, my wife and I went as Mulder and Scully to a Halloween right. wedding last, just oh last gosh. year. should post that picture. Just let, we'll post it. That we'll, was a good, great costume. Actually. We'll post that picture. And it was funny because um, I even had a, I had a little like X-Files FBI badge that I bought at Gen Con. And Gen Con used to be held in Milwaukee before it was held in Indianapolis. Right. Um, that I bought at Gen Con when I met the lone gunmen who were at Gen Con promoting the X-Files card game. And then I got to play the X-Files card game with the lone gunman. That's awesome. And, and like nobody <laughs> was so hanging fun. around them. I'm like, it's the lone gunman. At <laughs> least you not want to play cards with them? It was two of them. It wasn't Byerly. It wasn't the guy with the uh, beard. It was it was the guy with the long hair and the little guy, and Frohicki and Myers. And there was nobody um, hanging out with them. And I'm like, do you read not, people not realize the lone gunman are right here and you could play a card game with them? It, <laughs> Okay, it, it's one of my favorite convention stories. I don't have that many convention stories because I stopped going conventions in the 90s. But, well, that's um, a pretty cool one. Yeah, that's my favorite. So when I was doing some research for this article too, I was looking up uh, to see if anybody else had written about X-Files episodes that were inspired by real life. And Wendy, this is the example of the internet at its worst. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, so... Like last November, Yahoo did a like a little blog about it, and they picked four episodes um, that I wouldn't have picked, and they picked phenomenon mm, that I, that were weak sauce at best. Okay. But they posted this, and then like three other blogs. Oh no! I just ripped in, them. A month later, really, they just posted like the same article with some of the words changed around and. It was like they were hired to find content. And just reword it. Yeah, copy that content and put it on their own site for clickbait. It really was pathetic. And I'm like, this is, I mean, they could have done more in an hour just for research of a cool episode, you know, of of, a thing and made a cool article. And instead they just, you know, they just copied it. So anyway, so if you find, if you, the um, the, probably the SEO keywords we're going to use for this episode, when you're looking around, around this episode, you might find... Similar stories, and let me just tell you, they're crap. You don't even have to read them. <laughs> they are, it's just somebody didn't even put the effort in. Or, sad. Or gave a damn. All right. So well, that's too bad. That is too bad. But since you are an expert on the X-Files, I, oh, I, 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 I would say. I'm an expert. I, well, I know more than most. Yeah. So I, I have think, a hat. Um, I'm interested to hear what your, how your suggestions compare to those, those terrible, terrible Right. Internet fake news word repurposers. Clickbaiters. Right. So should we should we dive into the yeah. episodes and the the issues? Well, okay. We should start with um a personal favorite of mine called Field Trip. Okay. Now, in Field Trip, Mulder and Scully go to North Carolina and they're investigating the disappearance of a couple of uh you know, they were like hikers cave explorers and they're they're disappearing i mean they're investigating what happened to them and in the process just to sum it up quickly in the process um they end up inside of a cave 
with a giant fungus that's giving them hallucinations and slowly eating them away. <laughs> that's nasty. <laughs> and, and you see, and they would do episodes like these every once in a while that, that have hallucinations and or they'd have dreams or alternate realities or things where they could do the stuff that they couldn't do in the regular show. Like Mulder shoots his boss in this episode, you know, okay. and, then, and then that's something they would use in the trailer to say, next time on the X-Files, and they shoot, see, see him shoot his boss. You're like, no, what, how did that happen? Or yeah. you see Mulder and Scully kiss, and you're like, what? What are they kissing for? What's happening? And it would just end up being like a dream episode or something like that, and that would just pull you in like it's going to be a game changer, and it really wasn't. Yeah, right. But in Field Trip, they, they have these... Uh, First they're, first, they're having separate hallucinations. And then in the end, they have a shared hallucination. And so, number one, that's based on the real-life phenomenon of hallucinogenic fungus. Okay. M- magic mushrooms. Like, that's... Um, we've discussed uh, hallucinogens before at length in the LSD episode. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And psilocybin and, and the active ingredients that, that make people see things that maybe get people to see uh, a bigger reality than what we have. But hallucinogenic fungus is kind of a, uh, I mean, that's a a real-life phenomenon, people seeing crazy things. But the other thing would be the shared aspect of it. You know, the shared hallucination. And and that's kind of, that's something like when you have a group of people see a UFO or um, a group of people see some kind of miracle occur. I mean... That's kind of what they would refer to as a, you know, a shared hallucination. Because if it's something that you think that can't possibly be real, well, unless it is real, the only other explanation for it is that people are seeing something uh, in their head, but they're seeing something in their head together. (laughs) Right. Which is a phenomena in its own right. Now, um, the French have a word for it. Yes. And you are you are better at pronouncing French than mm. I am. I don't know about this. Let's let's hear it, Frenchie. Uh, folie à deux. Folie à deux. Yes. A which ma- is also happens to be the name of a Fallout Boy album. Oh, okay. So I didn't. You. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, uh, a madness shared by two, which is, I mean, I guess that's the people that like Fallout Boy. Um. <laughs> No, but it's a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief are transmitted from one individual to another. So a syndrome shared by more than two people, and then they, a folia troy, a folia quattro, like it goes through the the whole thing. And shared psychotic disorder induced delusional disorder. Um, The idea that a dominant person who has a delusional belief, and this is probably something that you can apply to with cults, and things like that, um, a person that has a, a delusional belief and then can make other people believe it too. Okay, so it sort of like transfers between people. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I mean, you've heard of the idea that ideas can be viruses. You know, the idea of virus memes, the idea of a meme passing or a mm-hmm. belief passing on from one person to the next. And so... That kind of thing, like, so one person believes something, convinces another person to believe it, and then when they go their separate ways, they both believe it. So a mass, you know, um, 
a mass hysteria or mass kind of thing that can happen with this. And so, it also, this is interesting. So there's a uh, military incapacitating agent, BZ, and um, that's, you know, that it's like a, uh, like a gas or things like that that, you know, people use to knock people out or okay. stuff like that. Anyway, that's been shown to uh, make it easier to induce dementia in another person. Ooh, okay. And also, uh, anthropologists in South America have found that whole same thing when consuming the hallucinogen ayahuasca. Which some people think of as, I mean, not some people, a lot of people think of as a sacred, it's used in a lot of sacred rituals and everything like that. So the idea of sharing hallucinations, sharing dementia, influence the X-Files and, and of course, hallucinogenic mushrooms in the field report or field trip is the name of the episode. And funny enough, um, at the end, it even gives you a fake out ending. Like they're, they're like, oh, they figure out that they're hallucinating in the cave and then they go off and then they do something else and then they realize, oh no, they're still hallucinating. And then that's the moment oh, they really man. wake up. Okay. So it even gives you the, the classic horror movie fake out in the episode Field Trip with hallucinogenic mushrooms. And shared hallucinations. And that was the first one I thought of when I was thinking of X-Files episodes based on real life. First of all, because I haven't seen that episode since it was on in like 1999. And second of all, because um, that seemed like they were going for a plausible explanation instead of something extraterrestrial or crazy. Now, here's something that's a little more, um, if you're Catholic, you might know about this particular uh, real life phenomenon. Okay, and I'm not co- Catholic. Okay, but... So you're going to have to explain. Stigmata. Now, stigmata is where you express the same wounds as Jesus did on the cross. Okay, yes, I have heard of that, though. So, I mean, stig- stigmatics, stigmatics, I, I don't know the right way to say it, because I, I don't talk about this actually to normal people, <laughs> where we're just like, yeah, that's stigmatic. It doesn't just there. come up in conversation every day. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, but you'll have wounds from your feet and your hands that will bleed and then also from the side. And one of the interesting things about uh, stigmatics over time is that it doesn't specify which side in the Bible that Jesus was crucified on. I mean, that he was, that the uh, Romans stuck a spear in. Okay. So stigmatics have been, have bled from both sides. I see. And also the whole idea is that they bleed from the like their palms of their hands, hmm. and in the actual crucifixion, like the nails would not have gone in the palms of the hands because that's soft tissue. Okay. So if you got if you're being hung by the by nails in the palms of your hands, it's just gonna rip out and you're gonna fall Ugh. off. Like you can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like you can't support yourself um, being crucified mm-hmm. like that. So they would have had to do the nails into the wrists, and so. Um, like stigmatics over uh, the centuries, like a lot of saints in Catholicism has have exhibited stigmata wounds. Okay. St. Francis of Assisi, who's one of my favorite saints, he's the patron saint of animals, and he didn't want to hurt creatures so much, he became a fruititarian. Oh. Which means he'd only eat, you know, 
good for St. Francis. And everybody loves St. Francis. He has his own order named after him, the Franciscans. And uh, he was one of the first reports of stigmatics in the Catholic Church. Okay. And so the, the blood, he exhibited the wounds of Jesus. Um, and, you know, stigmatics, when they, when they have that happen to them, um, they have what's called ecstatic experiences. They get all emotional. They, you know, do, they speak some crazy stuff, like the whole deal. Um, and stigmata deserves its own episode. I would love to interview one and like investigate and like That'd check out the wounds and, <laughs> um, and, and get more into it. Like somebody who actually does exhibit the wounds, I would love to yeah, have a chance to check it out and be like, you're really bleeding or you just, you know, dip your hand in some ketchup. <laughs> right. So the, the X-Files had a... A whole episode? episode devoted to um, someone who was killing stigmatics. Okay. Ooh, creepy. And, I mean, I'd say the, the main uh, thrust of that one is it kind of... Now, Scully was introduced as a Catholic. So uh-huh. she was introduced as somebody who used to be religious, and now she wasn't. Okay. And she was always the skeptic while Mulder was the believer. And so her lapsed Catholicism made for... Uh, a good deal of uh, episodes where mm-hmm. she was dealing with that and her challenging, yeah, and yeah. she and she was dealing with her belief and things, and so, um, but what I always thought was funny was that whenever they would investigate things with Scully's Catholicism, it kind of always implied that it was real, you know. So in the stigmatic episode, like, well, something weird is happening. The, the stigmatics aren't frauds. In another episode where she's got to protect somebody, um, it's kind of showing that, you know, that what the church was saying was real and, and that there were supernatural things happening. So, in the, you know, the one thing about the show was that um, no matter how much doubt Scully had in the beginning of it, by the end of it, she was always like, yeah, I mean, she wouldn't, you know, buy it and stuff like that. But it would it would always be she was wrong. Like Mulder was always right. And that's how it felt when you would watch the show. Like, yeah, she's going to be a skeptic, but it's not going to be much of a show if the skeptic is right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not too much fun that way anyway. Right. right? It's good. It's going to be the boring files. And I live, the, I live the boring files, so I don't need that. Yeah, we don't need to watch TV for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like at, the, like at the end of this episode, um, you know, she goes into the confessional booth. And uh, for those of you who aren't Catholic, I'm sure you've seen confessional booths in movies. You go in, you say your sins, the priest tells you to say a few prayers, and then God forgives you, and you can take communion again. But she goes into the confessional booth at the end of the episode and wonders if God is speaking, but no one is listening. Mm. So there she is, re-encountering her faith at the end of Revelations is the name of the Stigmata episode. Okay. And that's a pretty good one. It's not tied to the mythology of the show, so people don't really remember it um, a lot. They usually tend to focus on either the big Monster of the Week episodes <laughs> that were shocking, like the one with incest and stuff, or mm. they focus on the alien, cons- alien, yeah. a- alien conspiracy episodes, which um, I think we should talk about next. Okay. And... You know, so this is something um, that was in several episodes, but the, I'd say that the main episode that it was featured in is one called The End. Okay. And that's um, about alien-human hybrids. Ooh. That's right. Ooh. And so they find an, uh, a chess prodigy named Gibson Praise who has alien DNA. 
Cool. And so he's an alien human hybrid and they got to fight to protect him. And that's and how he's so good at chess because he's got the, the extra alien intelligence or that, something. Right. He's brilliant. He's like wise. You know, he's just one of those wise alien kids. You know what I'm talking about. They're all over the place. No. Um, but either way. So they, they've got to protect Gibson Praise and people are, you know, chasing him and aliens are chasing him. The government's chasing him, the whole thing. And uh, what made that extra exciting was it was the season finale before the movie. Oh, so, okay, cool. So it was like a lead in almost. to the- A little bit. It, it didn't, they didn't really uh, continue the episode in the movie, but they were kind of leading the elements that would be featured in the first film, Fight the Future. I see. In the alien-human hybrid episode. And um, I just remember being all excited about it. Because that was, (laughs) I mean, really with X-Files, like 1998, X-Files fever at its peak. Like David Duchovny hosted Saturday Night Live. Oh, man. And uh, and, and just for a little down the nostalgia train. So David Duchovny is hosting Saturday Night Live. And who is the musical guest? Jimmy Page and Puff Daddy, who who are playing their song... That's awesome. From, God, from Godzilla. When Godzilla, I remember that. That was a good song. Because <laughs> Godzilla like came it. out that summer, and yeah. it was they did a version of Cashmere that yep. like, Puff Daddy rapped over. And it was huge. It was on the radio all the time. Oh, yeah. No, that I mean, the Godzilla soundtrack between that and the version of, um, uh, oh, the Green Day song. Oh, um, that's right. Uh, Brain uh, Stew. Brains, that's right yeah. they did brain stew and they added it to the godzilla soundtrack but the only difference is that they had godzilla screams <laughs> it was like, so it was like that's an easy thing. remake <laughs> yeah so get like, some guy in the studio like okay right we're gonna put a godzilla scream on this guy okay here we go put it on the soundtrack it's the it's band gonna, doesn't even have to go in we're going platinum <laughs> and um okay so that little 1998 nostalgia for everybody <laughs> so you can kind of get so i mean come on david the covenant's it the X-Files had gone mainstream. Yeah. You got a movie in the theaters. You got David Duchovny on SNL. Um, it, you know, X-Files fever was at its peak. I wore a shirt and a hat, I think, to the premiere. I was all excited about it. <laughs> I could totally see that. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Loved it. And, uh, um, okay. Fanboy. So what were they doing with alien-human hybrids? Like, where did, where did that uh, inspiration come from? Well, that one came from alien abduction stories and so the late 80s and early 90s um there was uh bud hopkins and john mack started studying alien abductions in a more serious way i mean those guys were psychiatrists they were regressing people to get memories and um a lot of the women who had claimed to be abducted said that they were impregnated by the aliens. Oh, creepy. And, right. I don't know how they did it. You know, I, I don't, Ugh. like, I mean, it's, it's alien science, so they can impregnate them however <laughs> they do it. Um, but they were impregnated with alien, an alien-human hybrid. Mm-hmm. And then they were abducted again later, and the baby oh, was, was... delivered. The, the baby was taken from them, and then goes off to be in space or whatever like for their experiments right Uh, and a lot of the theories revolve around how the gray aliens and i don't think we need to explain gray aliens to the audience at this point no if we do then you need to go back a few episodes and then you can get the primer but uh so they say that the gray aliens can't reproduce on their own 
So they're using humans to reproduce. And the other big theory about the alien-human hybrids is that they're introducing those hybrids to the planet and creating like a, a separate group of them. So then when the aliens finally come, it'll be a more peaceful transition. I see. Yeah, because there's a link in between the two right. cultures and they can... We already have, you know, they already have... Pe- people we, that we're attached to. People like family and people that are like attached to us that we don't want to just kill or something because they're... <laughs> right. You don't just, you're not just going to shoot them because it could be someone you know yeah. could be an alien-human hybrid. Yeah, that makes sense. And... I mean, that was a that was a big story. And, you know, these women would get very emotional, obviously, because they said they were, you know, obviously raped by aliens, impregnated, and then the baby was taken from them. Yeah, that's because it was like double, an ex- it was double an ex- violation. <laughs> it was an accelerated, uh, it was an accelerated story, an accelerated pregnancy. And, you know, they, they would say that all these... Uh, all these women had like pregnancy reports and they went to the doctor and the doctor showed them that it was a positive and, um, you know, alien implants was a big thing at the time. And they brought the whole alien abduction thing of women into the show in the second season when Scully got abducted. Okay. Now, Scully got abducted because she was having a baby herself. Ah, interesting. Right. So, she was having a baby during the second season, and some of the Fox executives were just like, well, forget it. We can just recast the part. But they said, like, no way are we going to recast the part. Like, this is is fried gold. Like, look what we found here. And... So, you mean Scully, like, the actress, Gillian Anderson, was pregnant? Yes, yes. Gillian Anderson... They they created this episode to... Like incorporate that, like a whole thing where she could be in space for a while, and uh, you know, and and have her baby, and then come back. You know that well, she that's was creative. Found. It was, you know, it was a good way to do it. So they even brought that alien abduction aspect into it, so that Jillian uh, Anderson could have a kid. And human hybrids, human alien hybrids, became a theme to the X Files throughout, and it's just a, it's a theme in alien abduction stories throughout. And, you know, 20 years later now, 25 years later on with this, on after the alien research that these guys were doing into abductions and stuff, we know more about suggested memories that, you know, people can have memories suggested to them that they believe uh, just okay. as much as, as things that really happen to truly them. true memories. Yeah. And... Uh, so there was m- uh, research done into memory by uh, Dr. Elizabeth Loftus, who actually our friend Robin used to do research for. Um, and I always thought that was cool because she was doing research in, you know, talking about alien abductions. That is cool. And um, but one of the things that uh, Dr. Loftus did was they did like a, a suggested. A suggested memory to somebody about like being lost in a mall when they were a kid. And it was something that never happened to them. But this person found like their brother's journal. Like part of the experiment was like they were reading like their brother's journal or something. And they were reading that journal and it talked about the time they got lost in the mall. And so this kid was like, oh yeah, well that's when I got lost in the mall. And he remembered it afterwards just like it really happened. You know, to him, that idea planted it in his head. And I mean... That's not surprising because I've talked to people, um, older people and some just people our age that, you know, they'll be telling you a story from something a long time ago 
and like a brother and sister or something. And they'll sure. say, it, they'll tell the story as if it happened to them when it actually had happened to their sibling, you yeah. know, and then the other person, no, that was me. That, that didn't happen to you. That happened to me. It's just, you've heard the story so many times or, you know, it, it got ingrained in your mind, all the detail so much that you, <laughs> right. That now you believe <laughs> that it, it was happened you. to you. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and that is, so, yeah. you know, now that, you know, um, we're, 25, like I said, 25 years after this initial research and everything, I mean, people are starting to question. And not that these accounts weren't always questions of alien abductions, right. but also, did these psychiatrists, when they were working with them, did they suggest something in the beginning? Did they say something like, you know, they're known to be the alien abduction guys. So if you're getting hypnotized by that person, do you, chances are you already think you got abducted by aliens. Right. <laughs> you know, there's some kind of experimenter effect there. Where um, you're talking to the aliens guy. You wouldn't be talking to the aliens guy unless something was already up. So alien-human hybrids, big in 90s UFO conspiracy culture, big in the X-Files as well. And I think um, we should go one more episode. I could, We could do a list of like 20 episodes. And I'm sure we should do an episode just on the X-Files and its effect on pop culture once yeah. it comes back. I was going to say, maybe after we watch a few of the um, new season too, there might be some interesting topics to yeah, no, I, that. I really, I, I really hope they do it right. Because I didn't think the last movie was bad. I thought it was pretty good, but it wasn't... People, they wanted more closure than what they got from the movie. And the last couple seasons weren't very popular with the fans. Because David Duchovny had lost interest... Um, they'd been, you know, he'd been doing it for a long time yeah. and they just, it kind of was running out of steam. So last couple of seasons, while I still enjoyed some of the episodes, a lot of people thought they were crap and, uh, you know, so that we happens. just, we don't want them to screw it up. And, and, you know, you're, we're seeing that now too with TV shows kind of having a, a, a finite run in that the creators and the actors, I mean, think about how they did Breaking Bad, you know, Breaking Bad said, they extended it a little bit by giving AMC more episodes, but they're like, no, we have to have an end to the story here. And that kind of, um, and it ended in a great way because of that. And we won't say anything if, unless, you, unless you, if you're catching up on Netflix or whatever, we won't talk about it. But Breaking Bad ended really well. Yeah, and, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's good. That ending. I mean, you'll like it. You'll like it. It's satisfying. I I'm think. looking forward to it. <laughs> if you if you like the rest of the show, then I think you'll like that. Yeah, I do. And, for sure. And having a finite ending, I think, really helps people create some closure. kind of yeah closure and you haven't you know you have a last act you have a final act and that's something they couldn't do and that, uh you know 15 years ago or 13 years ago when they originally did the x-files ending right. so i mean like they brought david the company back for the last episode and it was a 90 minute you know it was supposed mm. to be a big deal and then it ended up being just all right so like let's <laughs> let's do it right you're gonna bring it back you got six episodes Let's do this for the fans and don't just cash in on our nostalgia from the 1990s because it's something we yeah. grew up with and we loved. Like if you're going to do it, um, give it your best. And I, ho I really hope they do. So uh, one of my favorite episodes is called The Gift. And okay. this particular episode deals with um, a like a, a weird religious custom that I had never heard of before this episode. And, it, you know, a weird kind of folktale about the sin eater. Mm, nasty. Yeah, sin eater slash soul eater. Like the idea that one person 
can absolve you of your sins or your sickness by taking it into themselves. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's so dangerous. That's, I mean, that's the curse. Yeah. Well, it's I suppose. A, you know, and the, it's like a and, sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. And this whole group is based around um, this character that can make people better by eating them, you know, like eating their sickness. Hmm. And so they're trying to track down Mulder and it says that Mulder had a weird brain disease and he followed, you know, he, he followed, uh, to find the, like the soul eater, sin eater. And then he got cured from it. And there's all these people who are surrounding it, who are like feeding cancer and sickness and all these kind of things to the eater. And the eater is just this disgusting mess. You know, because just full of sickness, you know, full of every kind of sickness. Yeah, the worst of the worst of everybody. That he took on. Okay. And so, uh, in the end, uh, Doggett, who's played by Robert Patrick, who um, is the T-1000, he's the skinny Terminator from the the second movie, and he he was the featured player in the last two seasons. Um, He gets shot. (laughs) And then the, the eater eats him. And spits him out alive, but then dies because he, he was took, too foul. Well, no, he took on the de- <laughs> he took on the he took on the death. I see. Okay. So wow. that's so he saved his life. Yep, yeah, he saved his life by taking on the death. Goodness. And so that was kind of like a you know a, a thank you moment because he finally got peace <laughs> from doing that. But that actually was a custom in like 19th and 18th century England. Wow. So somebody died. The corpse gets taken out of the house and laid out. A loaf of bread was given to the sin eater over the corpse and also a bowl full of beer or maple or things like that, consuming consuming that loaf of bread and consuming the beer. And then they paid the eater uh, like a sixpence or something. I mean, something, it was like two bucks in modern <laughs> currency given to him for the consideration of his taking upon himself the sins of the deceased who now freed, you know, would, it wouldn't affect them after, yeah. after death. Wow, interesting. So then the, the person who eats the sins, I'm assuming the rest of their life isn't terribly pleasant? Well, I mean, in the real world, it doesn't... I mean, Sin Eater was usually like a homeless guy. So mm-hmm. as, as soon as you, every village had some kind of weirdo. I mean, you hate to say weirdo because I'm a weirdo, but what I mean is like some kind of out, outcast character. Okay. So Encyclopedia Britannica, here's in their article from 1911. A symbolic survival of sin eating was witnessed as recently as 1893. After a preliminary service had been held over the coffin in the house, a woman poured out a glass of wine for each bearer and handed it to him across the coffin with a funeral biscuit. So Mm. sin eating still survives. A corpse cake is placed on the breast of the dead and then eaten by the nearest relative. A corpse cake. Mm. In the Balkans, a small bread image of the deceased is made and eaten by the survivors of the family. The Dutch make dead cakes with the initials of the deceased, introduced into America in the 17th century. And so burial cakes are still part of the, uh, the ritual in rural England. And wow. so people were doing sin eating all the way up to the 20th century. Sinners. And, and that's the whole idea. And, and so Jesus is the ultimate sin eater because yeah. he sacrificed himself right. so everybody's sins could be gone. 
And that's, you know, it, it kind of goes from there. That if someone else can, can sacrifice to absolve your sins, if Jesus can do it, then maybe some homeless dude can do it for a sixpence. Sure, yeah. So those are examples of four episodes that took their inspiration directly from paranormal phenomenon throughout history. Yes, and, we, and those links will be up on the show notes, which um, you can find at othersidepodcast.com slash 33. All right, so let's get to the song for the Ooh, week. Yes. So we decided to whip up a song because we love the X-Files and they might be playing on our nostalgia. Anyway, <laughs> this track is called Don't Mess This Up. Well, they're using my nostalgia and they're trying to make money off my youth. Cause they're bringing back the X-Files and they think that I still care about the truth. Well, they make me feel so old when they dig up all the actors. At least I'm in a demographic that still matters. I still cuss the lone gunman and their luck. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say don't mess this up Yeah, don't mess this up I'm looking at you, Chris Carter Well, we've been burned before from Judge Jar Binks to Indy 4, don't you see? It's been reboots up the tail and they've all added up to fail, you just want money So let's put on some Spice Girls like it's 1997 Pop open a surgeon, watch a little seven heaven Don't you dare talk about conspiracies after 9-11 But I think that I can speak for all of us When I say don't mess this up Yeah, don't mess this up Hmm, here we go They'll never bring back fireflies No matter how you scream and cry No, they'll never bring back fireflies No matter how you scream and cry No, they'll never bring back fireflies No matter how you scream and cry Don't mess this up 
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.